Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Bears Nation, baby. Just want to kick it off by thanking our players. When you have adversity like this and, and there's a lot of losing towards the end of the season, I was blown away by our guys' ability to stick together. They practice with energy, and I think that's rare, but it speaks volumes on their character, how much they love the game, and the buy-in that they have for the direction that we're going. As improbable as it may have been at the beginning of the day, the Chicago Bears have just clinched the number one pick in the upcoming NFL draft. Wow, winning. All right, all right, all right. It's time for the Bears Nation podcast. Powered by, powered by, powered by Bet, Bet, Bet Stamp. Trying to focus on, you know, getting better as a player, getting better as a quarterback, and getting better as a team. Damn straight. And you know this, man. With your hosts, Kevin Lapka and Jake Hassan. See you in the Super Bowl. It's Bears Nation, baby. Touchdown, Bears! Woo! Yes! Come on, sucker. Let's get it on. All right, welcome back. Another edition Bears Nation podcast. It is Monday, March 13th. And Monday episode, first time in a while because we had a breaking news on Friday, uh, late Friday. Couldn't get to it before, so we're doing it now. And this is Bears Nation podcast. Of course, brought to you by Ontap Sportsnet. Our new partner, check them out. Everything that you need, Chicago sports, podcasts, articles, everything you need, which is now your host for Bears Nation podcast, which is great. So, Kevin, it happened. You called it. We we kind of called it, but you really called. Like, this was all, like, you're texting me, you know, oh, my God, we called it. Oh my, and this was you. Like, I agreed with you that it could happen, but you were the one that said verbatim, yeah, the Bears could trade down to eight or nine. By the end of this week, in the next couple days, is exactly what you said. It's on our Instagram, at Bears Nation Pod. Go look at it. Go check that out uh, for just us taking a lap of victory, really a lap of victory, Kevin, because the Bears trade down on Friday to number nine. They trade with the Panthers, and they get back not just number nine, but they get back a 2025 first-rounder. They also get back number 61 overall in this draft in 2023. And then a 20, did I say 2025 first rounder? I meant 2024 first rounder and a 2025 second rounder as well as, and this is really the big thing, DJ Moore of all things, uh, you know, a guy who is a thousand yard receiver, an unequivocal wide receiver one, uh, echelon above Darnell Mooney, who we really like, but is better as a number two, who is way better than Chase Claypool is now your number three. And really just finally brings together a wide receiver room, gives Justin Fields that star that we've been looking for, because now this just shows that the bears believe in Justin Fields. This is their guy. It shows where you stand. Now the off season's set. You're at number nine. You're not going any farther back. You're probably taking, you know, Pete Skronsky or Paris Johnson, Jr. or Broderick Jones or Tyree Wilson. If he falls that far or Luke Van Ness, whatever, 
all that. But you get your receiver for your quarterback, your unequivocal number one wide receiver, and now you're set. And now you head into free agency, which starts uh, not right now, actually, as we record this free agency tampering period, quote unquote, mm-hmm. just opened. But free agency itself doesn't start for a couple of days, which we will be back on Wednesday. Talk about free agency stuff. But for right now, Kevin, it happened. You called it. Bears trade down to number nine. You're out of the first pick. You have DJ Moore. You have a the number nine overall pick this year, as well as now the 61st overall pick this year and a first round pick next year. That might be top five as well. But it happened. You, you called it. You're a clairvoyant. Unbelievable. I mean, there's there's a reason fleeced is trend or was trending yeah, on the internet. On Friday. And like this is consensus. National media, Chicago. Like this was an incredible move. And to be honest, is it more than what you expected? Yes. No pun intended. More. Thousand, DJ Moore. Yeah, nice. Uh yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, we were sitting here talking uh, you know, last week about, well, you're probably getting obviously the trade down this year, and then maybe two more first round picks. And after that, it's kind of murky. And if you believe what you saw on Twitter, that Carolina wanted to include a 2025 first rounder. And instead, Ryan Pohl said, no, I want DJ Moore. And then Carolina was like, well, but what about that 2025 first round? He said, no, I want DJ Moore. Carolina obviously caved, which shows you how desperate they are. Everyone thinks they're going to take CJ Stroud now, especially if you look at the gambling odds of CJ Stroud went from four to one to about minus 450, um, tre- probably trending towards minus a thousand now. But, you know, Ryan Poles holds his ground and. At a time we were when we talked about players in these trades, we talked about guys, you know, like DeForest Buckner, maybe if you were talking about the Colts, maybe Brian Burns, if you were talking about the Panthers, but DJ Moore was not even somebody that was kind of on the right because very affordable contract. He's under contract for the next three seasons. And, you know, seemingly a guy that if you're the Panthers and you're drafting your franchise quarterback, someone you'd want, you know, a receiver that you would want. DJ Moore's only 25. He's 25. younger than, or he's 20 something days older than Vios Jones Jr., which is crazy. <laughs> and which you'll see the jokes on Twitter for that too. But I mean, yeah, it's just way more than I was expecting. Getting 61 overall this year helps a lot too. We'll get into that because. You know, that gives you more potential for a trade up if you really like somebody in the second round, which, you know, if one of these receivers falls like you'll like some people talk about or anybody, if somebody always falls in the NFL draft, people always do, but gives you more firepower this year and really just opens up flexibility. But the most important thing is you have a true thousand yard receiver, a true pro bowl, all pro caliber receiver for Justin Fields. Uh, And just really, like I said in the intro a little bit now, DJ Moore's your one. Darnell Mooney's your two, which I think he's best suited for. People might argue we, that with you, yeah, but it doesn't really matter. No, that Darnell Mooney's your two. Yeah, that instead like Claypool's of Chase Claypool. Well, whatever. as things stand right now, I would say, yeah. you know, Moore is your one. Darnell Mooney's your two. Chase Claypool is your three. Cole Komet had his coming out party mm-hmm. this last year, so that gives you a fourth quality receiving option. Then you throw in, you know, Valus Jones Jr. or Economia St. Brown or whoever they're going to end up signing from free agency off, you know, practice squads or undrafted free agents, whatever. But the main point is, your top four receivers are all legitimate receivers with NFL experience, and that number one being a true star in DJ Moore, which is huge. There's just a ton to unpack with this. Like, there, there's so much to unpack about, you know, what the future picks mean and the fact that that 2024 first rounder could be top five. The NFC South is an awful division, and we'll break this down because all of a sudden we're, we're fans of two teams next year. You're a fan of the <laughs> Chicago Bears and you're a fan of the Carolina Panthers. Or well, you're a fan of the teams against the Carolina yeah. Panthers. Sorry, that's what it means. You're a fan of like 17 other teams throughout the year. Um, but to me, DJ Moore's the kicker, right? Yeah. I and mean, that's what I mean. Like you unpack everything, but that's the kicker because we talked about the possibilities open to the Bears this offseason of trading for DeAndre Hopkins and trading for 
you know, Mike Evans or T. Higgins, right? And we posed this a million times throughout the offseason, and it was valid because we've seen it throughout NFL history, especially recently, of the teams going out and getting that player for their young quarterback and the, and the Dolphins getting Tyreek Hill and all these different instances, right? And in all those instances, you as a team had to give up at least a first rounder and more for those players. Now you get your first round pick and you get a first rounder and you don't give anything up for him. Yeah. That's why this is the kicker. And I think there's a lot of people who are still hesitant to say DJ Moore is a surefire number one guy. There's a lot of people. I see it a lot. Trust me, you know, I'm running, running these accounts and everything. And even on our own Instagram account and our, our own TikTok, there's a lot of people in the comments like, I just, I don't know, is DJ Moore really the number one overall? And because he is sort of the premise of this whole trade, in my opinion, right? Again, like the kicker, I just want to break down a couple stats here from DJ Moore, right? So to me, the comparison for this is Stefan Diggs to the Bills in okay. 2021. I like that. And the stats in a majority of categories here favor DJ Moore when you look at the first five years. So Diggs spent five years with the Vikings before he went to Buffalo. Uh, Moore spent five years with Carolina before going to the Bears just now. And it's worth noting that I'll read you the quarterbacks that DJ Moore had played with since 2018. All right. It's, I saw Newton, this tweet. It's a brutalist. Taylor Heineke. Kyle Allen, Cam Newton again in 2019, Kyle Allen for, for 12 games in 2019, Will Greer for two games in 2019, Hedy Bridgewater for 15 games in 2020, PJ Walker for a game in 2020, Sam Darnold for 11 games in 2021, Cam Newton for five games in 2021, PJ Walker again for one game in 2021, and then this past year, 2022, Baker Mayfield for six games, Sam Darnold for six games, for PJ Walker for five games. So the fact that... I'm going to read these stats. You just keep it in the back of your mind that those were DJ Moore's quarterbacks. Okay. Yep. And yes, Stefan Diggs quarterbacks while he was in Minnesota weren't, weren't great either for that time period. Well, um, I mean, yeah, but that, he had a year, yeah. Kirk Cousins, I think. And that Case Keenum, Case really Keenum year, year which was crazy. But Stefan Diggs, or sorry, DJ Moore 2018, rookie year, 788 yards, two touchdowns. Then he has three straight 1,000 yard seasons from 2019 to 2021. Uh, and then, you know, respectively, in 2019, 1,175 yards, four touchdowns, 1,193 yards, four touchdowns in 2020, uh, 2020, 1,157 yards, four, yeah, four touchdowns, sorry, 2021. And then most recently in 2022, seven touchdowns, uptick in touchdowns there, 888 yards. Now look at D, uh, at Stefan Diggs stats, all right? So Diggs, in his first five seasons, two 1,000-yard seasons, Moorhead three 1,000-yard seasons, Diggs in his first five seasons, 4,623 total receiving yards. Moore, 5,201. Diggs, 30 touchdowns in his first five years. Moore has 21, so he's, he's you know, he, he falls to Diggs there. Diggs, 365 receptions in his first five years. Moore, 364. And wow. we all know what happened once you put Stephon Diggs into an offense with a really good quarterback, a guy who's going to air it out, and an offense that's tailored around him. And that's, I, I completely expect DJ Moore's numbers to go up. Like, I don't think that you should approach this like, well, the ceiling for DJ Moore is what we've seen in the first five years. It's only going to be 1,100 yards and four touchdowns. No, Justin Fields is, is, is that is going to be his guy. They're going to throw the ball more now that they have, you know, receivers and comfortability with guys who are proven to be good in the league consistently they're gonna he, he's a deep threat everyone remembers the hill mary that he he caught in yep. the final play of the game yes he took off his helmet and ended up costing them the game but right. I, i'm not really i don't think that's really a testament to his character or anything like i'm not but also worried about that but as far as that goes like 
I, I think we could say Matt Eberflus is a better coach that has a better handle on his locker room than Matt Rule was. Yeah, yeah very true. Like he's gonna co- that, that's that's a phenomenal point. Um, hundred percent. But I just wanted to like to me again. When I, I just keep DJ Moore is the kicker. Like you got yourself a wide receiver one. He has the potential to be a top ten wide receiver in this league. And if you look back at this trade from three years from now and DJ Moore is a pro bowler at least once and maybe an all-pro at least once, it's arguably the greatest trade down in NFL draft history. Yeah. Not the greatest trade in NFL history because of the Herschel Walker trade that was just mind-blowing. But, I mean, a lot, like, a year from now, if the Carolina Panthers have a top-five pick, or if the Carolinas are bad enough to where that pick is top-five for the Bears and, D- and DJ Moore is a 1,200-yard receiver, I mean, Ryan yeah. Poles... You're here for eight more years. Like, <laughs> like you bought yourself eight more years with this franchise. Yeah. So, I mean, in a hilarious turn of events, too, Stephon Diggs also at one point took off his helmet and threw into the crowd, but it just good happened point. to be a game that ended. Had they didn't already kick the PAT, so he got <laughs> away with it, uh, which is a hilarious turn of events. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I completely agree. I think more could be that, you know, that guy that gets up to 1,200, 1,300, 1,400 yards, whatever you want to set that ceiling at. And, yeah, obviously, there's people who are still skeptical about Justin Fields as far as his passing ability goes, as far as who he is as a quarterback. Well, regardless, you're about to find out because even and we're Justin Fields guys on this show. Like we're we think that Justin Fields is the franchise guy. We think he's your quarterback. We think this is the way to go forward. But even if you don't think that, like you're about to find out now because DJ Moore obviously bring up the big play threat. And that was, you know, what Chase Claypool was supposed to be. Like you said, they're going to throw more now. You know, this isn't. This isn't Simba Webster and Byron Pringle and Nikhil Harry and Equinemia St. Brown anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I said it five minutes ago, however long ago, this is now DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney, Chase Claypool, and Cole Komet. Like, that's a legitimate receivers, and that's a legitimate receiving core. That's four legitimate receivers who can score, who can go up and get the ball, who can make a big play. I mean, how many times this year did we see Cole Komet kind of get up and bring down a jump ball or a 50-50 ball? Like, we saw he has that ability, too. DJ Moore, obviously, you bring up the Hail Mary. Just one of a number of plays. Uh, Chase Claypool was brought here because he has raw athletic ability that, you know, kind of lends him to be able to make those kinds of guys. We didn't see it with the Bears, but that raw ability is there. Darnell Mooney, we've seen for a couple of years now what he can do. So even if you aren't the biggest Justin Fields person, regardless, you're about to find out. And regardless, you're in it for a year because this move shows that the Bears didn't like any of the quarterbacks overwhelmingly. So we're like, OK, even we'll get him even. Anthony Richardson, or even mm-hmm. like somebody to compete with Justin Fields. This was okay. Fields is our guy. We're going to trade down and get him more weapons to, you know, support him and help us, you know, push for a playoff spot. Even if you don't get to the playoffs, like eight and nine is probably a good season for you this year. That's a huge, that's a five win increase. That's a good season, especially if you're fighting as Kevin's favorite in the hunt. If you're in the hunt graphic the entire year, that's a successful season if you miss out by like a game. So, yeah, I mean, this is great. Polls, I mean, like Fleeced was trending for a reason. Everyone's like, why would Carolina do this? This doesn't make sense. But now here we are, and now you go forward. And uh, I mean, for the Bears, this is huge. And it's, you know, not only do you give up, like, because you brought up the point, you didn't even have to really give up anything for DJ Moore that you weren't already giving up. You gave up the number one overall pick, which everybody knew you were trying exactly. to get. Over. Every time we talked about, you know, even a couple weeks ago, we were talking about, okay, T. Higgins. What do we think you'd have to get on? And we we said, okay, well, you should do the Col- the trade with the Colts first because if you could get number 35 from the Colts, that'll be part of what you send back to Cincinnati for T. Higgins. We're talking about DeAndre Hopkins. Well, could you maybe get away with giving up just a late-round pick for DeAndre Hopkins? Mike Evans, what would he want? And we're going to do all this back and forth. Every single one of those conversations started with, 
Well, you have to do the trade first because you're probably going to be giving away some of the capital that you get in that trade. Don't even have to have that conversation anymore. Now you give away the pick, you give away the pick that everybody knew you were trying to get rid of and you get back DJ Moore. You kill two birds with one stone essentially. And you're still in that top 10 where you can get a Pete Skronsky, who is a premium position, whether it be guard or tackle, which is something that you need. You can still get, or one of the, whoever the, one of the offensive linemen that you take, maybe Tyree Wilson does slip. Maybe Jalen Carter slips. Maybe Jalen Carter falls down the board and you know, there's, there's, you know, whatever he, however he answers the interviews. Okay. He answers it well enough to still be a first round pick and not fall too far, but a team in the first eight is kind of wary and they have other needs, or maybe they simply have players grinded higher. Mm-hmm. We've been hearing all this steam on Tyree Wilson. Maybe there's more trades for more of these quarterbacks because people want to take Levis or Richardson because you know, now Houston, you know, there's going to be quarterbacks the first two. So that leaves half the quarterback pool in the first round out after the first two picks after the first 30 minutes of the draft. Two of the four quarterbacks that are deemed first round eligible or first round, you know, uh, worthy are going to be gone. So maybe somebody gets a a little bit nervous. Maybe a team gets a little bit. So maybe Jalen Carter falls to you at nine and you're able to still get a guy that's a quote unquote blue chip player. Not to say that you can't anyway, but it's just really a lot going for the Bears here. This is a great position for them. I know some people are a little disappointed. They're all the way down at nine, but. I think you're still in a great position. If, it, if the cost of getting DJ Moore was going from four to nine, you take that all day. Yeah, hundred percent. And and I think again, you know, we talked about this on the on the show last time. Was I think the fallout of Jalen Carter is a big reason why they were comfortable moving down to nine. And again, they still could get him at nine, but it was exactly what we had said. Well, you know that at number four, you're probably not getting Will Anderson. So what's the difference between going f- between four and nine? There's no one you're going to regret not getting between four and nine because you went down to nine because you're already out on Will Anderson. What's that? Theoretically. Theoretically, right. So uh, it it made total sense. And I, if I'm being honest, it's probably in the back of their mind, the the whole Jalen Carter thing. It's a possibility. That there is a chance, there is a chance that they could still get him at nine. And I think, you know, the, the thing is, they now have the leverage in that situation. They can wait Two months, right? They don't have to be. Mm-hmm. They, they can wait as long as they want to see what details are released about, you know, his whole role in the situation, right? And then see what other teams are saying about it, and then on draft day, see if if teams are panicking about it. And then they they don't have to be in any sort of rush to make a decision. Where if they were at number four, you know, and, and Will Anderson was taken, and then it's like, well, you know, shit, like, do we take Carter? Like, what what's the consensus, or, or or what do we do, right? Like, they're in a very comfortable spot. That's, again, the other luxury of just trading earlier is you don't have to make, you know, rush decisions on draft day, which is a very hectic time. You have decided what you're going to do. You can let free agency play out based off of what you have now done. And we just got news from Adam Schefter that the Bears have signed linebacker TJ Edwards to a three-year deal, played for the Eagles. So he's got Super Bowl experience. You know, he's, he's not phenomenal, but sort of, uh, I guess, as quickly as I can put it, equivalent to like Nicholas Morrow. I mean, he's not a, he's not an upgrade over him by any means. But I mean, he's probably a, a little bit, though, because Morrow a only bit. got a one-year deal and Edwards are giving three. So. Yeah, and, and he's and he's just, he's a solid player. And, and I think what the Bears are going to do here. Uh, throughout free agency, I think they're going to go after players who have significant playoff experience, who have been there in the biggest moments. Again, we've already heard the rumors about Mike McGlinchey and Orlando Brown, two players that were in conference championships at the Super Bowl. And always, like I think that's going to be a common theme. I believe TJ Edwards is also pretty young. Let me check real quick. Uh, 26. So I was gonna say that's also going to so. be a, a, a common theme. But so let's go uh, to uh, that's, real quick on TJ Edwards. Like that's the kind of player that 
you know, the bears that we kind of said to target, like if you're not going to get a super, like a star, like Orlando Brown, you like, don't overpay for guys like get mm-hmm. somebody who's solid, somebody who you think could work well with Jack Sanborn in the middle and then just go from there. Like, I, I, I think that's good. I think that's solid. Obviously that's just off the top of my head. But anyway, you were saying. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I think that's just going to be a theme of them, you know, finding a lot. of. And, and I said last time, I don't think they're going to, I don't think that's going to preclude them from signing certain players that are a little bit older, but sure. like, I think the general theme is, Hey, let's, let's get guys coming off that rookie contract 26 or 27, because they know, Hey, this is not, we, we are not pulling a Los Angeles Rams from 2021. We're not pulling a Philadelphia Eagles from 2022. Well, we're going to sell out all of our assets for one year, sure. right? You know, we're going, we know that this is a four-year window, three, four-year window here, at least um, for your playoff contention, right? And TJ Edwards just got signed to a three-year deal. You're looking for younger guys who are going to be able to go from ages, you know, a lot of the guys are free agents right now off the rookie contract, 26 to age 30, right? You're going to be here for four years as we try to win, to a, super, win a Super Bowl. Um, we're not looking for a guy who's 30. We're not going to sign a guy who's 30 to a four-year deal. We don't want a guy who's right. going to be 34 at the end of our potential Super Bowl window. Um, you'll sign a guy like this like a one- or two-year deal. But anyway, uh, going back to uh, number nine overall here. So... The fallout of this, there, there's a couple things, all right? I would not 100% rule out the possibility of them trading down again. But the things that, the, the, where it gets complicated is, well, I, I think people get lost in the idea that, well, they're, at this point would only trade down for a quarterback. I don't, 100, I don't think that's necessarily the case. Like, this happens all the time where you just trade up for a player. Like if someone, say there's a team that's in love with Clinton Johnson and he falls, there's a chance you you someone might want to go there at nine if your guy is Jackson Smith and Jigba or your guy is Peter Skaronsky and you know that that guy will be available at eleven. I could see them, to Titans or or anyone else. I could see them trading down again. You would you rule that out? I probably am going to just because you get dicier and dicier as more like there's gonna be eight players off the board. You know we talked about blue chip prospects. Last week. Yeah, but if four of them are quarterbacks before that point. Sure, sure. But it's just like, as you move further down, it gets dicier. And as more players come off the board, and then just like, you you leave more up to chance, I feel like. Because you said, okay, you feel confident your guy's going to be there. But you can't say with 100% certainty. And just with how much the Bears need still to do. Uh, I think you got back enough like, and that's why I think the 61st overall pick is really huge as far as this draft goes uh, for this year. But I, I think at nine, they're going to feel comfortable getting, you know, probably, you know, Skaronsky or whoever it may be. Um, and, and I think they'll feel comfortable with that. And then just accept that. Take it. Great. We got DJ Moore, and we're up in 30 mm-hmm. some picks or 40 picks, whatever, whatever. So that's true too. Yeah. I, I think, I think they're better because you have what four in the top 150 or something now or four in the top four in the top 64 jake i believe it's four in because you have 61 64 you yes, should have 53 right. i'm blanking on that but four in the top 64 which you're is right. just and, and, and so here's here's okay so again things that are flying under the radar that number 61 overall pick from the panthers is flying under the radar and here's yeah, why agree. right like so you essentially have four picks in the first two rounds right because yeah. of the miami voided pick you know, 32, 32, 64. You have four picks in the first two. You, you, right. Three second rounders. But the 64th pick is technically the first pick in the third round, I believe. Correct. If I'm not mistaken. Uh, sure. Um, but so this gives you flexibility to be able to go after what we will call luxury assets, right? Mm. So I would like them to go after 
necessities at number nine, which would be anything in the interior. God, absolutely torrentially downpouring wow. outside. Uh, you know, nice. you know, someone in the trenches, right? Yes. We need an offensive lineman or, or even a wide receiver. I, and this is a conversation I'll have with you in a second. But w- once you have three second round picks, that allows you to maybe go after a running back. I've always, you, you've, you know me, Jake, on this podcast, don't take a running back before round four. Do not do it. Unless you were in the instance at the Bears room where you have this many second round picks here and early, you know, early round picks, you, you can do that. If you love Chase Brown, who I really like, has one of the highest RAS raw athleticism scores of all running backs at the combine, you're fighting a line eye guy. The guy runs with power. He runs hard. You can afford to, to, to draft a luxury asset in the, in the second round there. Um, so I wouldn't rule that out. But here's the question I have for you. This is the question that I posed on Twitter, and uh, and I had a definitive answer to it. Does the DJ Moore signing, should the DJ Moore sign, not signing, trade, preclude you from drafting or even being interested in wide receivers at number nine overall? I think so. But why? Because you can never have too many weapons. Am I wrong? Sure, sure, sure. But it's you don't have the luxury of being like, okay, we have a complete roster here. Like you right now have a with the addition of DJ Moore, you have a solid, very solid wide receiver room and you have a true wide receiver one, which you did not have before, which is why people were talking about, well, if you trade down to nine or in the lower part of the top 10, uh, you know, whether it be eight or seven or nine, or even the, you know, when get to the teens, whatever, not important. If you were in this area, that's why people were like, Oh, maybe you take Johnson or JSN or whatever. But you know, now you have that true number one. You have that guy who's still young too at 25 and under contract for the next three seasons. You have so many other needs, like you said, in the trenches on both sides, offensive line, defensive line. Um, you know, even linebackers still like, okay, you signed TJ was, does that really preclude you from trying? And Jack Sanborn's still a guy who had a half season as undrafted free agent. You can't really sell me on. I like Jan Sanborn. I think he's going to be good, but you know, you can't sell me on. Oh, well, you can never have, a guy, you can say that he's going to be a star or that he's going to be a pro bowl or whatever. He showed flashes. Sure. Great. But you might still need linebackers. Not the point. Anyway, the thing is like, you still have so many other needs where with the addition of DJ Moore, it feels like you can kick the can down the road with wide receiver. Now it's not the most pressing thing you check. It, it was, it for sure was, you did not have enough playmakers. Now you have a really, really great playmaker in that you acquire in this trade. You can check that box. Should you still try to target wide receivers in the second, third, fourth, fifth round? Absolutely. 1000% you should, but DJ Moore brings the wide receiver playmaker priority down a little bit. It, it, does. Bring, it takes it from something that's super pressing. If you want Justin Fields to be good, you check that box. You're good. So yeah, you can never have too many playmakers, but it's not something that's at the top of your list anymore. It's something where you can afford to wait until day two or three to address and bring in more of those types of guys. Yeah. I, I just, I, I, again, the the biggest aspect to this is what do the Bears do in free agency? How does that because if they get Orlando Brown Jr. or they get Javon Hargrave, we're both in free agency. Then it's like okay, well now, you know, offensive lines less of a necessity to an extent, right? Defensive tackles less of a necessity. Sure. Then okay, maybe we do decide to, to say hey, you know, DJ Moore is going to be here for a couple of years. Chase Claypool's not going to, they're not going to sign him to extension, most likely. Darno Moon. Unless he plays really, really well. Like, really, really there, well. Which, I mean, which is chance. possible. There is a chance. Right. There's a, and even he doesn't have to play, like, he doesn't have to be a thousand yard receiver. If you could sell him being a number two and you sign him to a reasonable contract, like, yeah, it, but he, but if he plays really well, he's going to ask for a little bit more sure, than that at that point. Sure. And then it's like, okay, so we're already paying DJ more. And then, you know what? Well, we're going to have to. Not really, though. 
Because Carolina kept a lot of that salary. Yeah, but they're still paying him a decent amount. I think it took like sure. $12 million off their cap this year or something like that. Nothing crazy. Um, but, you know, John Mooney's going to be due for a contract extension next year. Sure. So if you were able, so if you drafted Jack, Cole Komet, if you drafted Jackson Smith and Jigba, that solves financially your wide receiver problem too for four more years because you'd be having a phenomenal first round wide receiver playing a rookie contract that's sure. not going to cost you anything. He's going to cost you, you know, five times less than what you would have to play Chase Claypool at that point if he has a productive season. So I just, I, I, I wouldn't rule it out. I don't think it should preclude them from being interested sure. in l- it. L- let me say it this way then. Uh, I, I don't, I think as of right now, like if the draft was tonight, I think it would, but you're right. If the agency could change the scope of this as of right now, this moment, I would say I would be very surprised if they took, you know, Jackson Smith and Jigba or, or wide receiver, pick your favorite at number nine. Uh, but things could obviously change as of right now. It would surprise me, but uh, going forward. Yes, that certainly can change, but I think. Right now, the the emphasis is definitely going to be on the offensive and defensive line, or rather, let's just say the front seven and blanket statement. Yeah, I I, I would agree with that. Um, so I want to ask you a question real quick about the Bears wide receiver core. Okay, with DJ Moore, and whether you debate all you want about Darnell Mooney or Chase Claypool being the two or three, where does that wide receiver core? And I guess you can include Cole Komet in this. Let's just talk about offensive weapons in general. Where does their offensive weapon group rank among the NFL now with DJ Moore? Because there's a lot of because there's a lot of takes that say, well, DJ Moore doesn't move the needle for them. They're still a bottom seven offensive weapon group as of right now. Ooh. I would disagree with that. Um, but where would you place them? Are, are you bold enough to say top half of the league? Around there, I would say they're in that like fifteen to seventeen range. Like yeah. you know, somewhere around there. Uh, I would say they're in like that. I would say they're like, it, it's about being safe. I'd probably say they're at like 20, 19 or 20. Uh, but I mean, they're not bottom seven. Like, it, it, let's give it this way. You're better than the Cardinals because no Kyler Murray. So that immediately takes you them out of that. That puts them near the bottom. You are better than, I would say the commanders still, the commanders have good wide receivers, but they don't have, you know, have no idea what they have at quarterback. So I'd say you're better than them. Uh, basically everyone in the, the, South, uh, we just and the you're better than the Panthers that for sure. Is so bad, you're better than the Falcons because they have no quarterbacks either. You're probably uh, you might the Saints might be better than you because Carr is at least average quarterback. Uh, Olave is just a stud, right? Exactly. That's Camara is still there. Um, I'd say you're like, do, do the raid does Devontae Adams boost the Raiders high enough, even without a like Waller and the and uh, Adams probably boost you enough, probably so. I'm trying to like think off of that. You're probably better than the Steelers. Yeah, I would agree. hundred percent, hundred percent, not even close. hundred uh, percent better than the Steelers. You're better than, you're probably better than the Browns. I mean, eh. come on. Amari Cooper. Eh. DJ Moore is better than Amari Cooper. Yes. You're better. Like, the, I, I don't think people understand. Like again, Arnold Moody ended the year hurt, but if you consider him a number three, he's the best number three in the NFL. Maybe Tyler Boyd is better. Maybe. Yeah, I would say. Yeah. But he's top three in the NFL sure. as, as wide receiver three. Like, I think people don't understand what the Bears have now. Like, you like there are no excuses anymore for Justin Fields at this point. There are no excuses as far as the weapons available to you. And yes, one thousand percent. That 
this, this is the year. Hopefully, we can say the same about the offensive line, right? Sure. That that you know, there's no excuse. You know, they sign enough guys and they draft well enough to where you don't have to be, make that an excuse. But as far as receivers, mm-hmm. you know, not only do you get DJ Moore, you get a, a guy in DJ Moore who is a great separator. He's going to get open. That's one of the reasons I think they went after him because the type of player that he is, he fits the offense perfectly. He's a speed player. He's explosive. He's not afraid to go up and get it either. Um, he's just an, a five-tool wide receiver, if you can call it that. Uh, that's a baseball term that we're using for football here. But I, I think it, I, I just think it's a perfect fit. And again, they're not done here. Like I think Miko Harbin is 100% a what? And I, it's a, it's a real option. I mean, uh, you'll see. No, you'll I, see. I, I laughed but, at this last week because I knew you were going to be a Miko Harbin guy. Now I'm more on board with it because you're not expecting him to be the savior or the guy that mm-hmm. unlocks the offense. You have that guy already. So now it's like, okay, I can get on board with that for him to be your wide receiver four, I quit. Okay. I can get on board. with that. Exactly. Last year, the savior was supposed to be Byron yeah, Pringle. Famously. We know how that. Yeah. Famously. Right. Uh, probably my biggest blunder in this podcast history. Uh, we'll be here all day. My, my, my projection of my, of, of, <laughs> yeah, that of was tough. That was a tough look for you. Um, I'll tell you something I did yesterday and you're going to tell me whether I'm stupid for it or not. And then we'll wrap up here. I put a hundred dollars on Justin Fields with the MVP. At plus oh 2, my 000. God. <laughs> at what number? 20 to one. 20 to one. Oh my God. Kevin. So here's, so, okay. See, Justin Fields received an well, MVP let, vote let's, last year. Let, let's have a, let's have a betting conversation really quick. If you were going to do that anyway, and we thought the bears were going to get this much better and the offense was going to get better. Why didn't you do it before the trade when the number was probably double that it was probably 50. It's probably more. Yeah, I mean, I because that's I, a betting conversation, though. Which I, th- there was still, uh, you know, the, I was one, Kevin. That's that's not bad. There's no value there. There's good value in that. <laughs> He's gonna he sh- dude. Jared Goff is higher than him. There is value in that. If the Bears, if the Bears <laughs> make the playoffs, and he is breaking records again. Like again, right. so, so I, how many times do I have to read you Lamar Jackson's numbers well, when he so, won the MVP so, award? So that's the thing. It would have to be make the playoffs because no MVP candidate has ever won the MVP without making the playoffs because it's a quarterback driven award, offensive driven award. So you'd have to make the playoffs. So you at least nine and eight, if not win the division, and you'd have to break records again, which I mean isn't completely out of the question, I guess. But like, I don't know. That, it's a, that's that my brain is just wired for gambling. Thought, like, I know, but now, are, but you, like, uh, are you you're, are you mad at me because you don't think he's going to win it because you just don't think the value is good enough? I just don't think you got any value out of it. I, I, like if, That's I, fair. I think Because knowing you, you were probably always at some point going to bet Justin Fields to win the MVP this year. You should have done it yeah, I probably you know, after we had last week's episode. I, I, I just, I, I got excited. Uh, you know, but again, I, I just, I don't, like, things would have changed for me if they hadn't traded for anyone or if sure. they didn't draft a wide receiver. I would be a little bit less sure. encouraged to but do it. But you were it. always cons- convinced that they were going to get somebody. You yeah. were always convinced that they were going to get Higgins or Evans or Hopkins. Yeah, I was always Maybe not DJ yeah. Moore like we talked All right, about. But. I messed up, but nonetheless, it's in. It's It's been made. Sure. I don't think it's impossible. It's not impossible. Again, especially considering the Bears are going to be on national TV four to five times. They're going to be on the national TV five times this year. With the amount of superstars, not superstars, but the exciting players that they have on offense now, sure. if they make some good signs with Justin Fields because of the Chicago market. And they're market, still a premier franchise, yeah. Yeah, come on. They're, they're going to, they're going to be on uh, primetime five times, and he's going to do stupid, crazy things on primetime every single one of those times. Patrick Holmes isn't going to win it again. Josh mm-hmm. Allen, you know, might win it, uh, you know. Burrow. Like, I, I just I just think it is 100% a chance. So sure. that's all I got on that. Um, it, 
just again a couple other things on on the trade overall. Like Ryan Poles played this perfectly. I I think he just absolutely played this perfectly, and it's a better outcome for me than trading in number four. Like I already said that because you already got your wide receiver one and Will Anderson, but I think you just caught. You just hold all the lever. You held all the leverage, and I think his plan and strategy throughout the offseason worked. Of saying, "Hey, you know, we've got all these offers, we've got these picks. If you, Carolina, you've been in QB purgatory for seven years now, you got to get out of it. You want your guy. Guess what? If you want your guy, you got to give us DJ Moore. He he held the leverage, and thank God they had the number one overall pick because there was no way something like this would happen if they didn't have it. Even if they had number two, it probably wouldn't have went out played out this way. Um, he played it perfectly. You could not have played it better than how Ryan Poles played it. And, you know, I made a bunch of memes on all the accounts that like they let him cook, man. Yeah, they let did. him cook and he came through. And it's it, like, I think people don't understand how rare that has been for bears fans <laughs> that your GM like came through in a way that not only made your team better, but also increased value for your team over the course of the next couple years, because we were all thrilled with Ryan Pace when he traded for Khalil Mack. Sure. But in all those instances, he was giving away assets, not recouping assets, while, in this case, getting an asset. Like, again, yeah. they got assets and got DJ Moore. Like, it's impossible. Ryan Poles played it perfectly. 10 out of 10. King Poles let him cook. Yeah, he did. And this was the ideal scenario. Like, now you get to go into free agency, like we talked about last week, with you know, okay, that's done. That's done and dusted. We're good. We're confident where we are. We're comfortable where we are. Now we just attack free agency. We know what our needs are. Uh, so yeah, I, I mean, it's great overall 10 out of 10, a plus trade. I mean, it's, it's been a while since we've seen something happen with the bears a move be happening. And everyone's like slam dunk, 100% mm-hmm. one for the, it's been a long time, probably since the Cleo Mac trade. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, cause even the, Justin even Fields, then, people he, were, people didn't yeah. think that was like, it was I mean, a consensus. It's so it's been a long time since it's across the board been like <laughs> the bears, the fields pick was. Well, I mean, but, but people even still were like, well, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. There were still gripes with that. Like, this has been a long time since it was overwhelmingly A plus 10 out of 10 for the Bears. So, really great. Uh, a great start to, you know, the offseason, if you will, if you want to consider it now, this is the official offseason. Great start to it. Oz, like, great, you know, launching pad. I mean, call it what it is, a launching pad into free agency now. We already signed TJ Edwards, uh, which we'll talk about a little bit more on Wednesday when we go through more free agency stuff. So, uh, you know, until then, you know, lot to lot to build off of. And we'll be back on Wednesday to talk about, you know, hopefully some more signings. Obviously, the tampering period is open now. Uh, Wednesday, if signings can become official, the league year officially starts, quote unquote. So we'll be back. Bears Nation pod on Wednesday. We'll be back on March 15th to talk about hopefully a handful of signings for the Bears and maybe even some rumors that we can get to uh, and and things that will be happening. So join us for that. Uh, And until then, this has been Bears Nation podcast for Kevin and myself. As always, bear down. Bear down.